Welcome friends. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Jorgensen, and my mission is to help you navigate your journey by showing you who you truly are in Christ and how to partner with him to achieve your God-sized dreams and make a kingdom impact in the world. Every week, we will dive into biblically rooted topics that will point you to Jesus in all areas of your life. So come and hang out as we dive into what God has for us today. Have you thought about starting a podcast, but you just didn't know where to begin? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to begin a podcast. I love this podcast platform because number one, it's free and it's full of easy to use creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, keeping it simple and user-friendly for anyone to use. Plus, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many other platforms so that you get a diverse audience experiencing your podcast. And you can also monetize your podcast with no minimum number of listeners. Amazing, right? It's everything you need to start your podcast all in one place. So, If you'd like to hop on the podcast train, go download Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Finding Freedom Through the Fire podcast. I am your host, Lori Jorgensen, and I am so excited to welcome today Kaylee Fukui. And I want to tell you a little bit about her. Kaylee earned her business degree at the University of Laverne, and she worked in the banking industry for many years and in her family business as an operations manager for over 10 years before meeting the love of her life, Robert. She's a third generation entrepreneur. And she understands the highs and lows of running a family business and the sacrifices that the owners make, often at the expense of marriage and family. Her passion is to see marriages flourish in the midst of building a profitable business and to help the entrepreneur couple understand that you don't have to sacrifice the marriage and the family for the business. Together, they have developed an innovative consulting program called Power Couples by Design, which equips married, the married entrepreneur to build a thriving marriage and a prosperous business. They also have a book and it is called Tandem and it is the Married Entrepreneur's Guide to Greater Work-Life Balance. So welcome, Kaylee. I'm so glad you, you so could join me today. For having me. <laughs> so tell us. <laughs> well, I'm super excited to have you. Kaylee and I met actually in um, our community, we did a Radiant Speaker Academy um, course together on how to be better speakers. 
And so I'm going to let turn it over to Kay and let her tell you a little about about her journey and how she came to this with uh, business that her and her husband do together now. So like Lori was saying, I'm a third generation entrepreneur. I'm very blessed and I've seen a lot of the ups and the downs. And for example, my dad worked six days a week, so he wasn't around much. The business became the mistress in our family. And it was kind of like growing up, I resented it in a sense. I'm not even sure to this day if he made it to my high school graduation. When you're a child, you want your dad to be home with you, right? Play ball, have fun outside, running around, all the things kids do. But unfortunately, he was always working. I think he wanted to get away from the house because there's four strong-willed children was part of it. And also, I think as entrepreneurs, a lot of times the go-to is if we want to be successful or things aren't working is we just put more time in. We think that's the key, which really it's not. Right. It's not. <laughs> you, you um, like you said, you sacrifice a lot for your family and, and that can cause a lot of trauma, you know, mm -hmm. for your family. And you have experienced a little bit about that. So can you tell us about that? Well, it's kind of interesting how we met at the Speaking Academy for Girl Power Alliance. And the Lord had told me, well, I'll back it up a little bit. I'm married to a husband that is good at so many things that it's like, it's crazy. And as a child, I felt like I didn't have a voice because I was taught little girls to sit, you look pretty, be quiet, you don't ask questions, you don't bother anybody, and you don't speak up. So when you're raised like that for a long enough time, a period, you just kind of like, and I wanted to be invisible almost because I remember times as a child, my dad would, at his work would have a group of friends that would come by every morning and he would like embarrass and shame me in front of them all about some child, you know, children do silly things. So he would tell them all and they would have a good laugh at my expense. And I just wanted to be invisible. I wanted to just crawl, you know, like didn't want to be seen. So I would try and walk around like nobody would see me. So I wouldn't be criticized and shamed like that. And I think that just played more into taking away my voice. So then when, as I got older, my husband, you know, was used to speaking, getting in front of people. And I would be like in the back, like, I'm just going to hide out here. I don't want anybody to see me. I was a girl, seriously, that was afraid to get in front of people and give my name. Because I think I thought I was going to forget it. Like I was going to freeze. But the Lord told me that I could never no longer hide behind my husband. I had to come alongside of him. And I'm like, Lord, speaking is the last thing I want to do get in front of people. And he's like, no. And so this has been a journey for me, just getting in front of, you know, being on your podcast. I'm used to being on podcasts with my husband, relying on him. But this year I told myself, I'm going to be more intentional about being on podcasts by myself, that I'm stepping out of my comfort zone, that I no longer want to be stuck in that place of not having a voice. Well, I am super honored that um, I can be part of that journey for you. I know we both have a heart for women and for women who have kind of lost their worth, you know, not 
not knowing what their worth is anymore and to help build them up and give them the confidence to step out and shine, you know, for Jesus. And mm -hmm. so I'm super honored that you are doing this with me today. And I know that you will shine. Um, tell me a little bit about what that course that we took, that Radiant Speaker Academy, did that help you to feel more confident in doing this? It did. I mean, I got so many tips and tricks and tools from there. It really helped me. They gave you a really good structure on how to's. And uh, I want to go back and watch the videos again. It was so good. I'm like, wow, right? things I had never heard before. And so, yes, I really thought it was important. It really spoke to my heart. Yeah, I agree. There was, I mean, I've, <laughs> yes, exactly. I, we've met so many sisterhoods in our community, um, you know, and it's amazing because we all, you know, support and empower each other. And just like this, we collaborate together so that mm -hmm. we can help each other reach our goals and our dreams. And, and I think that is the meat of our community, <laughs> you know, to just the community itself and, and the support that we have. Um, now, as far as um, your journey with your husband and having an entrepreneurship together, what have the biggest struggles been in doing that? I think the biggest struggle was when we first started was trying to find our sync and our rhythm because when you're first married and this plays over in the business as well, you know, all their little things are so cute. You love them. And then when you get married <laughs> to them, they're like, Oh, you irritate me. And I remember one time, uh, sometimes we put people in the wrong seats in business, especially as spouse, because we just need someone to fill that job and we don't want to pay them. I remember one time I was doing QuickBooks and I'm more of the creative type and that caused a lot of struggle because <laughs> I would put it off. So my husband would keep asking me, honey, did you get that done? Did you get that done? And of course I didn't. And then I would do it and then he'd be like, honey, you need to be really detailed. Well, I'm not that detailed with numbers. And so then he would get upset because it's not right. And it was just a big circle a cycle of craziness because I was doing something that I wasn't gifted at. It was frustrating him. And then coming back to frustrate me, we're triggering each other. And so we just realized, you know what, this isn't working out. This is not my gifting just because we need someone to do it. Let's find someone else to do it. Or he was more yeah. gifted at it than I was. So that was a huge. Absolutely. Yeah. It's super important to delegate, you know, in the beginning when you have to do it and, and find your own gifts. If you're, if you're better on the creative side, then, you know, you do that and have him do that <laughs> until you get to the point to delegate. Cause that is very important. And plus you get burnt out, you know, in any business when you try to take everything on yourself. And I know I've been guilty of that. I'm a like overachiever <laughs> and I had multiple business going at the same time. And so, yeah, you do have to come to a place where it's time to delegate. <laughs> well, so, a lot of times we marry someone, oh, sorry, opposite no, of us, different giftings. Yes. And so, you yes. know. Yeah, exactly. Just find so out what, what those and plug them in there. <laughs> yes, definitely. And then, too, um, even, you know, as your children get over, you can help delegate things to them as well because that actually helps them. I've done that with my son. 
because I'm teaching him to be an entrepreneur. You know, I want him to know how so that you don't have to work for the man and, you know, you can do go wherever you want and do whatever you want. And I want to instill that in him, too. So I, I love important. it. One of our friends, she had when her son was young, do all her podcasting stuff. Yes. And uh, now he has his own business. It's yes, just crazy. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, wow, you started them young and now look at them. Yeah. And we, we homeschool. And so there are so many of the kids that have done that. They've started their own businesses. And I think it's awesome because, you know, the stereotype is, you know, go get go graduate, go to college. And, you know, and sometimes that's necessary, but sometimes you don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, if your dream is something that you don't need a college degree for, then just do it. <laughs> in fact, exactly. some of the most, you know, yeah, some of the most, the richest people in the world never had a college degree. So, you know, I love that entrepreneurship can do that, you know, because there's a lot of kids that can't go to college, that can't afford to go to college. So I love that we have that alternative. And um, so I think it's awesome to see so many young people step up. And like you said, technology wise, like for us old people like me, <laughs> I mean, it was a journey to learn some of that. So these kids, man, they're like, boom, they, they got it, you know? So utilize that <laughs> for sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what is the thing that um, you found working with couples? What are their biggest struggles? I think we see the biggest, one of the biggest ones is boundaries. People, yes. we think as entrepreneurs, we have to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And sometimes by doing that, because we're afraid, oh my gosh, if we don't say yes, we don't know when the next job's coming in. But by saying yes to everything, then when uh, the job you really want comes by, a lot of times you can't take it because you're so busy doing this one you didn't want. And sometimes those jobs you didn't really want do not turn out that well. Yeah. They could be uh, people that just wasn't meant to be and you're trying to force it. Uh, people that don't value your time. And then also boundaries with your home life. Like, okay, how much time are you going to spend with your family? What is that going to look like? That could look different for each couple. Right. And what's important to you? I mean, do you want to be working six, seven days a week when you have children and you hardly see them? Right. Uh, so that's are some of the struggles right there. And then just coming up, the other one too, we see a lot was we do with pricing and a lot of entrepreneurs are underpriced. And I don't yeah. know what it is. It's like, we ask people, how did you come up with your pricing? And they'll be like, well, I just want to be the cheapest. I give the best service, but I want to be the cheapest. Right. And I'm like, well, you got to run your numbers. You got to see if that makes sense. You don't know just because somebody priced something at a certain uh, value. You don't know if they're making money. Right. And I think it's okay to make a profit. Yes. And you see so many small businesses go under and it's so sad because they're not charging enough. One of our restaurants we really liked in town, you know, we would go, we'd look at the menu, we'd order. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really inexpensive. And all of a sudden one day we went and they were gone. And wow. we would have been willing, my husband and I, to pay more to have yeah. them still around. Because how many times is that favorite thing or service gone? And you're like, I would have paid more for that. I really liked it. Yeah. I think that happens so often with single entrepreneurs or, you know, businesses, whatever. Um, 
we devalue ourselves, we undervalue ourselves. And, you know, you want to, you think you want, and you do. I mean, I've struggled with that myself where it's like, I want to help people and be able to be affordable for people and have different options. But at the same time, you have to consider, you know, all the time that you've put in to learn your craft and, and, and how, what it takes to run your business. And if it's profitable to do, like you said, there's a lot of things involved, you know, when you're doing any business, if you can't make a profit, then you're not going to make it. So that I, I had a hair salon and a karate dojo. I shared that with you before. And I did that um, in my salon a lot. I had a lot of, but it worked out okay because I had a lot of older ladies that, you know, I knew were on a budget. And so I would give them a discount, <laughs> but then, mm -hmm. you know, my other prices made up for that. So you have to, you have to weigh everything and you have to not undervalue yourself for sure. Um, and I know there's a lot of things that are overpriced in the world too, uh, <laughs> but you got to find that, that medium, I guess, you know, um, because especially in today's economy, um, you know, you do want to be accessible, mm -hmm. but. Well, when you see um, how many small businesses don't make it, it's really, it's really sad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to do that. That's the same in any, anything in real estate investing or whatever you're doing, you have to be able to put everything in there and see if it's profitable or not, because otherwise what's the point <laughs> to go in the mm -hmm. hole, right. <laughs> or to go under completely. So if you, who are your role models that you um, modeled your business after? Was there anyone in particular or did you just kind of come up with this because of your past experiences? It was your husband from an entrepreneurial family. Well, my husband pretty much is from an entrepreneurial family too because he's a PK, a pastor's child, and it's very right. similar. I think his dad was even more accessible to the church than my dad was to uh, his business because you're on call 24 seven, or at least people are calling you 24 seven and yes. uh, having emergencies and, uh, wanting, um, wanting your service. So, uh, yeah, and it was exactly. tough on his family as well. I'm sure. I'm sure that that is a tough place to be anyway. Um, I've had some best friends that were PKs and, um, you know, you're, meant to or you're looked at um under a microscope and you feel like you have to be perfect you know mm -hmm. and so i'm sure that probably caused him some issues as well oh yeah. i don't know if you can speak for him on that <laughs> well i know like when i met him uh he had a great heart he was a wonderful person he knew the Lord, but he wasn't walking with the Lord. And I think part of that was because when the way he was raised is he was never able to have his own personal relationship. It was kind of put on him. And yes. so, yeah, he, he, that was, happens he, a lot. he was able to um, walk out that journey while we were dating. So that's awesome. So you knew the Lord and I'm sure that helped support him, you mm -hmm. know, in that journey, because I know a lot of a lot of preachers' kids end up atheists. I, I looked at some statistics not long ago, and it's like the unreal the amount of preachers' children that end up to be atheists. But I think it's because, you know, they're expected so much of, and mm -hmm. um, they feel like they, like you said, they don't have the personal relationship with Jesus that to really know what that means. 
And um, I mean, I, I think that I can say that too. You know, I was raised um, in church, but I didn't have a personal relationship with him until I was an adult and really got it. You know, and a lot of the things that I was taught weren't really correct, <laughs> you know? Um, and so we, you know, like my mom even used to say, she used to think that every time she messed up, she was going to go to hell. That's how she was raised, you know? And that kind of, I guess, filtered over to, to us. And, you know, until you really dive into the Bible and read it yourself and create a relationship with Jesus, you don't, you don't get that sometimes. So, um, so your family, you grew up in church as well. Yeah, my mom took us to take us every week to church. And so I grew up mm -hmm. in church. Uh, she was she was much more lenient, though, but I wasn't a PK, you know what I mean? About because there right. was a lot of rules right. and regulations, but she didn't necessarily, right. uh, you know, couldn't play cards, couldn't dance. Yes. But she didn't necessarily enforce those, even though that that's what the church believed. Yeah, my mom, too. She was um, Dutch reformed, so they were not allowed to do anything <laughs> like on Sundays, you know, nothing. And she used to, they used to sneak to the store and, and things like that. So luckily she didn't enforce that on us either, <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah, that's where I guess religion and relationship, you know, that's the difference. The rituals that people go through um, in religions aren't necessarily what Jesus taught. <laughs> so Yeah. And I, ha so I had a few Oh, as I was say, I had a piece of my heart too that he would come back to the Lord. It was just a matter of time, and that he awesome. had to find his own relationship. Because yeah. remember, some people in my Bible study group were like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're going out with them." I'm like, "Hey, he knows the Lord. He's just not walking." Yeah. And so That's then right. I just made it known to him. I said, "You know, I want you know a godly man," and I said, "I want someone that's going to pray over the meals." He said, "Fine," and then I said, "I want someone to go to church." And he's, he was fine with that too. And so it just kind of, and I, I didn't put any pressure on him. I remember one man at our church said to me, you need to make your husband go. And there was a men's retreat. You need to make him go. And I'm like, I'm not making him do anything. <laughs> no. That's the Holy Spirit, no. you know, Tom, because he had so much pressure already that I kind of went the other way. And I just thought, yeah. you know, it'll happen. And it did. Yeah, exactly. And you can't force it on people. Um, it's mm -hmm. got to be a personal relationship. And, and see, that was the other side of the spectrum. My dad was very fanatical and, but yet he was abusive. So he would abuse my mom and my siblings, but he would quote Bible verses to why that was okay. So that was, you know, and he tried to shove it down our throat. And so that made me like, I never, never not believed in God, but it made me go, I don't want anything to do with religion. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it took me until I was older to realize that there, that was a, there was a difference between religion and, you know, um, legalistic religion and a relationship with Christ. And so thank God <laughs> I came to that. But like you said, I had to come to that on my own. Um, nobody can make you do that. That's the Holy spirit <laughs> and, and you seeking him. You know, and and by you being a, um, an example of that, you know, that made him want more, I'm sure. So now, so who do you feel, is there anyone in your industry that does um, 
you know, joint marriage entrepreneurship that you like have a mentor that you wrote, wrote or, or, you know, put yourself after? You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because there's a lot of people that do marriage and there's yes. a lot of this <laughs> consultants, but it's like almost like the two don't collide. They don't come together. We're heavier on the okay. business than we are on the marriage side. Okay. We, um, but I don't, so I don't see a lot of people doing what we're doing. So I guess I was, it's the Lord, you know, in our, in our own experiences of growing up, my husband comes from a fortune 500 companies, most mm -hmm. of his whole life and marketing sales. So he's heavy on the business. And a lot of times in entrepreneurs having their own business, like we're wearing all these different hats, trying to do everything ourselves. And we only have so much resources. We only have so much time. We think we have to do it all ourselves and we haven't had all this training. Right. So with all the training that he has, and sometimes it's just small little tweaks you have to do. I know everybody, a lot of people want the one hit wonder, the thing that's going to go viral or changing every six months, their marketing or what they're doing. But we come in and we look at the financials. We try and close up all the holes because a lot of times people think it's more clients they need. And a lot of times that's not the case. If we close up those holes and we change some little things here and there, those add up pretty quickly. And then we can go on yeah. and do the whole marketing strategy. Exactly. Yeah. It's not the quantity of your clients. It's the quality, right? And you have to mm -hmm. find the right ones. Some people think, oh, you got to have a huge following. You don't. You, it's just, you got to align. And that's important. So you work on the social media side and the financial business side then with your clients. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, we, we want people to be able to have a little bit more margin and their money so they can spend that time if they need to hire somebody so they can have more time with family. That's our right. thing. It's not like, let's just make more money and put more hours in. Right. It's like, let's make more money where we are making a living so that we can spend time with our family and do the things that we want to do. Our vision for our family. You know, we have couples come up with that. What's your vision? What do you guys want to do? What's your love? What's your passion? Dream together. Yes, absolutely. So that's probably one of the first pieces that you do is to come up with their vision plan. Mm -hmm. And then kind of go from there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. That's what I try to do in my coaching business as well. And I know that's what we do in GPA as well. You know, we kind of try to cast that vision and see how the tools that we have to offer can help. And and that sounds like exactly what you're doing. So that's awesome. Now, um, what are what's the thing that most people um, come to you for, is it to, to get the vision or to, um, learn the business tools? I think a lot of them come to us because they're having a hard time making money with their margins. Okay. And, uh, which kind of goes hand in hand with conflict. They're not able to resolve yes. conflict. If you're not able to resolve conflict in your marriage, it flows over into your business, whether you work together or not, it flows over and it keeps you stuck and you're not able to move forward because one's holding you back or there's all these things that we put under the carpet and we're like, okay, we're not going to talk about that. Oh, here's another one we're not going to talk about. And you can't get it resolved 
And I think right. the quicker you can get things resolved, the easier it is to move forward and grow. Yeah. In your, so do you think couples come to go ahead? I'm sorry. Oh, There's sorry. a delay here and I keep <laughs> starting. <laughs> so do you think couples when they come to you? Um, do you think they come to you to help resolve their marriage conflicts in that area or is it more business or kind of both? I think it's both. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're in your book tandem covers all of that then covers the marriage relationship as well as the balance of the two. Yeah. And it tells our, my husband, and our story of how we met and <laughs> awesome and all that. Can you and then tell us that story real <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> oh, this is a, you're going to like this story, Laura. It's, it's pretty funny. I okay. think now looking back. Okay. So my husband and I, we were, uh, met online and we, I thought, oh my gosh, this is a really great guy. I would like to get to know him better. And, uh, he was, we went to after four going out four times. He, like he says, I don't even think we were dating. I said, oh, I think you need to go to counseling. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I think you need counseling. <laughs> and you can, you can tell how thrilled he's going to be about that. So the backstory was he was previously married to a gal that he had met in uh, grade school at church camp. Once a year, they would go to this church camp because they didn't live by each other. Wow. And they ended up years later getting married. And he loved her. And it was the week before Christmas. She was driving on the freeway to go to work. And it was her last day before Christmas break was coming. And the roads were wet. And she mm. spun out of control. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. And he loved her. He would still be married to her. Uh, so that didn't, you know, he was a widower. And mm. I told the girlfriends in my Bible study and they said, oh, well, that's good, Kaylee. At least there's not an ex-wife. And I said, no, he loved her. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure he had room in his heart for me. And I didn't want to, like, put two years in and then find out he didn't. I, I from exactly. my past experience, I don't mind finding out small things, but I don't want to find out a huge thing after you marry him. Because I hear that, and, and, and I've done that myself. So I mm -hmm. wanted to know uh, what I was getting into. And so yeah. you go into smart idea. <laughs> I wish I would have done that. <laughs> and, it, and it didn't get much easier than that, Lori. I put him through the, <laughs> you have to get the book. <laughs> so he, so he actually did go. He was. Because he, he, he said awesome. he didn't. And, you know, he went to one counselor and I didn't like what she said. So then I sent him to another one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we learn like the, the resolving conflict and all the tools that yeah. we teach our couples. We learned that through two years of counseling. And uh, so you went with him, you went to counseling yeah. together. We, wow. so I sent him by himself and, uh, and then he, and then afterwards we were um, like an hour and a half of, from each other. So he'd come to visit uh -huh. me and then we'd go to counseling. We'd go to dinner. And then after his appointment, we'd go to dinner and say, so what'd you guys talk about? And he's like, I do not want to relive this. He's like, oh, you come with me. I don't know. It's your session. You go. 
And then uh, he probably went a couple more times because he's like, no, I really want you to come. And then you can ask all your questions because I had a lot of questions. <laughs> and, and so I did. And then it just evolved from there. But I still put him through, you know, the ringer while we were dating because <laughs> I, I just I was determined, Lori, that I love my parents, but I didn't want a marriage like my parents. And so I was not going to go down that road and whatever it took to change things I was willing to do. And I think that's so smart. I think everyone should do that, honestly, because we all come with baggage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, if you want your relationship to work, you have to, like you said, work on yourself and be, you know, be content with yourself before you can ever have a relationship with someone else. And so I think that's amazing that you guys did that. I am definitely going to get your book. I've planned on, on ordering it anyway, but now I'm for sure going to get it. <laughs> now, I think that's amazing. And um, I wish all couples would do that, really. Um, it would save a lot of drama <laughs> for sure, you know. I think the divorce rate would be a lot lower if people did absolutely like in depth pre pre. Well, we did pre pre, but marital. But I think if you did in depth, because sometimes people go, "Oh, I went four or five times." I'm like, "Yeah, well, for yeah. us, we didn't even get to the bottom of anything in four or five sessions." You know, exactly. So. And a lot of, some some churches do that where they do premarital counseling, but like you said, it's only a couple sessions, and you don't really get deep. And mm-hmm. you know that's important, especially if you have had past trauma or, you know, it's really important to, to get through that before you can um, be, be happy with someone else or just in life in general by yourself. <laughs> so that's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. And Maybe we will do another one together because I know that um, we talked about our past trauma a little bit, um, but maybe we'll do another one where we're talking a little bit more in depth on, on childhood trauma and what that does to you. Like you said, you felt like you lost your voice and, and I'm sure there's other things that we can talk about that go along with that. So thank you so much. And I can't wait to get your book and read that story. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lori, for having me. <laughs> Yes. And if you, I will be listing um, some links to reach out to Kay to find out more about her um, and her husband's business and for her book. So please be watching out for that as well. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you so much, friend, for listening in. I pray that you were encouraged, challenged, and blessed. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. One of the ways that you can help me is by leaving the podcast a review. So if you have a minute, I would love your feedback. Thank you again. You are amazing. Remember, you are a daughter of the King. Believe God is who he says he is and receive his unconditional love and walk in the purpose that he has for you. Until next time. Thank you.